Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Well, it is a pleasure to worship with you again. It is a pleasure to be here this Sunday and uh, on this sunny, sunny Sunday. And I just, I came through Bakersfield yesterday. It was 104. And so, uh, like I said earlier, this isn't bad. This isn't bad at all. And so let's just enjoy the morning and enjoy the Word of God. We have been talking about the power of together. And we started this series when we started meeting together in this parking lot. And by no means, if you're online, does it mean you're not part of us. It does not mean that you are not part of the family of God. In fact, what brings us together, and we learned this the first week, is our second birth, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And when He saved us, He made us a child of the king. Are you guys excited about that? Yeah. We are children of the king. That means we are part of a family. That means everybody in this place, online and on site, belong. And we are part of a significant family. Second, we talked about last week is that we're part of the body of Christ. Everybody belongs in the body of Christ and everybody has a place and everybody is a part of the body. There's this chicken thing a long time ago that said parts are parts. And it really didn't matter. It was just chicken. But that doesn't that's not true in in scripture. We all are significant, all have meaning, all have value. And here's the issue and and what I said last week, there is no bench in Christianity. There's nobody sitting on the bench just waiting. There's no, there's no room for that. There's no time for that. There's an urgency about what is we are about, and that is the mission of God. That is the mission of the church, which we have as a journey church, is to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. We are here to enter into those journeys. Those people that are outside these fences, that are outside, uh, with maybe within our voices, that need to hear the love of Jesus, that he loves them, that he forgives them, that he has grace for them. Amen? Amen. Now, have you ever had a good intention? Have you ever had a, a, a good intention? In other words, you said, I, I'm going to do that. I, I, I'm going to do that good thing. I'm going to do that one good thing. I had good intentions about being really strong and muscular, but I don't have any weights at home. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't work out regularly. That doesn't, I, I have a good intention of being super healthy. I have a good intention of having muscles, but the most weights I, live, I, I lift right now are ounces, right into the mouth. And uh, that's just being honest. Good intentions don't get good things done, Right? We have to have actions with those intentions. I don't know about you, but uh, those, those things that we want to do are sometimes things that never get done. Why? Because they never move from the, the heart to the hands. There's so many good intentions in our world. There's so many good things that we desire to do and to see happen. There's so many good things that we want to happen, but they don't happen unless they move from our head to our heart and then out to our hands. And that's what we're going to talk about today is that together, together, you and I need to do more than just think about the good things that we can do, but put ourselves together to do the good things 
that we are called to do. And last week I mentioned this one thing that we wanted to do this week. And that is we set a goal to, to get 50 $100 gift cards for groceries for single parents. Can you say amen to that? Now that sounds good. And the honking sounds amazing. But if we just say we want to do that but never put our feet to it, then we will never minister to 50 single parents. We want to get beyond our good intentions to, those, uh, to putting our hands to it. Now, there are all kinds of ways to fund things, right? In today's world, we have GoFundMe. We can, you can go online and you can set up a GoFundMe page. And, you can, and, and what, here's what the world has realized, and it's powerful, is that if you get a whole bunch of people to give a little bit, you can raise a lot. That's what GoFundMe is all about. That's what crowdfunding is all about. If you've heard about crowdfunding, you have a business idea and you want people to invest in your business idea, you can do a crowdfunding thing and, and there's a lot of people that could give a little to get a business started. Those are great, great ideas and those are good ways to fund, minister, uh, fund opportunities or fund needs. But here's what happens in the church. And I, I know this may sound a little bit cheesy, but we need to not have a GoFundMe. We need to not have a crowdfunding, but we need a God funding. We need a God funding. And that God funding is all about ministry. It's all about what we can do to propagate and continue to, to, to let everybody know the gospel, the, God, the love of Jesus. And if we do that and we collectively work together to put our funds together, we can do great things like get 50 $100 cards to give out to single parents and let those single parents know that God loves them, that God cares about them, that even though we are going through a pandemic, that there is a church, that there is a body of Christ that loves and cares about them enough to collectively come together and do something significant to meet the needs of people. Are you excited about that? Are you online and... And you're sitting in your living rooms and you're sitting in your kitchen or you're sitting in wherever you're sitting online and you're, you're, you've got this good intention. I want to make a difference in this world. I want to do something powerful. I want to be a part of something good. But if we don't ever make it happen, if we don't ever put feet to it, it's a good intention, but it's not a good action. It's the good intentions don't get anything done, but actions do. And today I want to talk to you about that. In 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 15, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote a whole bunch of the New Testament, has a lot to say about <clears throat> generosity. And the powerful thing that he says is that generosity is when people come together and, and decide out of their heart to do something significant to do something generous, to do something that will make a difference. And so turn to 2 Corinthians 8, 1. And in this book, maybe you have it on your iPhone, maybe you have it in your iPad, maybe you brought your physical Bible, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, look at 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 15. And it says this, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. It's really interesting that he used the word grace. That same word grace can be used as gifts. It's the same word that's used for spiritual gifts. And so he gave this grace to the Macedonian churches. And these Macedonian churches were the churches of Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea. They were a group of churches. 
And that's powerful to understand. They were a group of churches. They were not just a single church. They were not just a single individual. This was God giving a group of people the ability and the gift to give. It says in verse 2, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. It seems like there's so many contradicting terms in there. In the midst of a very severe trial, in other words, they were going through some tough, tough times, their overflowing joy, their relationship that came from God, and their extreme poverty. This, this idea of extreme poverty is literal. It's the literal meaning that they were completely empty of what the world would consider having what they needed to live. And yet, what happened is it welled up. Their, their trial, their overflowing joy, and out of their extreme poverty, listen to this, welled up in rich generosity. How does that happen? How does, how does it happen when people who are impoverished are going through a difficult time even think about something other than themselves? It happens when you have a deep compassion that's been built in and that's been developed in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when we become more like Christ, we become more like him in every aspect of our lives. And when, when he says, and God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, he gave his only son. He gave everything he had. He gave his only son so that you and I could have a relationship with him. Giving is part of the very nature of who Jesus is and certainly a part of the nature of the church, you and me. It's not that building next door. It's not this parking lot. It's you and me as individuals collectively coming together and saying, we believe that Jesus, out of his generosity and gifting and love for us, motivates us to give to others. That's the power of this passage of Scripture, and that's the power of what was happening. Out of a trial and poverty, their joy generated generosity. You guys, we are in one of the most crazy times in our world's history, a pandemic, a worldwide disease. And I know, I know there's so much controversy wrapped around the whole thing right now, but we have gone through and are going through one of the weirdest times in our history. Many, many people, maybe some of you have lost your jobs. Maybe some of you are, are struggling and, and going through difficult times. And I know some of you are. And here we're, 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 we're saying, let's, let's give. And, and maybe you're the person that needs to be a recipient right now, but there are others in this, in this parking lot and there are other people online right now that have the opportunity to give. And that alone makes sense as we continue through this uh, passage of Scripture. But why, why, Pastor, are you asking us to give now? Because the need is now. Because the need is now. There are single parents out there that are struggling that will be absolutely blessed and will experience the love, grace, and forgiveness of God just with a little card. Just with a little card. $100 that says, we want you to have groceries. We want you to have something to feed your kids and your family. We want to help you. We want to support you. But most importantly, we want to show you the love of Jesus. And when we do that, it makes a difference. Why now? Because the need is now. In verse 3, it says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. Isn't that cool? 
They gave as much as they were evil and able, and then they said, and even beyond their ability. I don't know how that works. But God has uh, an economic uh, uh, environment that doesn't require us to have everything we need. He, he comes up with it somehow. He creates it. If he can speak the worlds into existence, if he can make a, 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 a loaf of bread and, and a whole bunch of fish uh, or a few fish feed 5,000 people, he can certainly come up with the need, right? He can certainly provide us with the ability to give. And so he does. He does. For I testify that God gave, uh, that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. I find this really funny because very rarely as a pastor, and I've been a pastor for almost 35 years now, very rarely have I ever had somebody come up to me and go, Pastor, please let me give. Please, I have to give. Don't let me leave here without giving. Very rarely. Now, I'm not being judgmental, but I'm just saying that the, these people, these Macedonian people were like, we've got to give. Let us give. Let us be a part of something significant. Yes, we're poor. Yes, we are going through difficult times. But out of our joy, the grace that we've received in our lives, we want to give to others. We want to give to others. And that's the heart that's the very heart and passion of who Jesus is. That's the very heart and passion of who we are as a church, is to be a generous church that wants to make a difference. Grace not only frees us from our sins, it frees us from ourselves. When we get into this situation, we decide it's not about us, right? We want to be generous. We want to be a part. It's when we start saying things like, I want to be a part of that giving. Let me be a part of giving to that need. Let me get, be a part of giving to that circumstance. That's when we're not only free from our sin, but free from ourselves. No longer are we thinking that dollar is for me, but that dollar is for others. And that's powerful. That shows the very nature and love of Jesus. It's awesome, and it's incredible. In verse 5, it says, And they exceeded our expectations, the Macedonian church. For they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. If we're going to be genuine givers, there's no way to be a genuine giver unless you're really in relationship with Jesus. Quite often, the giving has something attached to it if you're not giving out of a heart of love and a heart of grace. Something attached like a tax deduction. Or something attached like a, a, a kickback of some sort or a value. When we give and we give like Jesus gives, there's nothing coming back. Just love going out. And that's the power. That's the power of making sure that when we give, we're giving first of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God, they gave to the apostles. They gave the apostles the finances to manage, to use for ministry. And so there was a cool relationship there. And what I love is there's this surrender when we give, and we give genuinely, and we give authentically. In verse 6, it goes on to say, So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, he was very, being very complimentary to the Corinthian church. He was saying this. He's saying, you're, you're good at uh, faith. You're good in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you. You guys are a great church. See that you excel in this grace of giving. You, we could be 
really good people and spiritual people and loving people and we could have good knowledge and we could do good uh, acts of faith. But if we're not giving, then we're still lacking in the very nature and character of who Jesus is. We're lacking in the, in, in the, in the place where, where the Holy Spirit uh, moves in us to give beyond our tithes, by the way, our tithes, uh, and, and this, is, this is what I believe is biblical, our tithes belong to God. That's not giving. It's, it's letting him have what belongs to him. And then we give. And so you, you're, our tithes and our offerings, our, our tithes are those things that belong to God. They're not even ours in the first place. And then he gives us this, uh, this 90% to do something with, and, and out of that we give. And out of that, we sacrifice. And out of that, we, we are able to show our love. And so this grace of giving is something that, we, that completes us. It's, it's something that, that continues to, to build the character in us. And I know, I, I know what it's like. We all have bills to pay. We all have all those kinds of things. But this is not a bill. The difference between a bill and giving is that a bill is an exchange for services. In exchange for something that we're using or buying or getting uh, a benefit from, when we give, we give because it's a worship expression. We give because it's, it's saying, I love Jesus. And when I love Jesus, I just give. I do what uh, Jesus is calling me to do. I give out of my heart. I give out of my soul. I give out, and, and I don't just think about it. I just don't have a good intention about it. I don't hope that I give someday. I'm a giver. And we put it out, and we put it out. And so he says this, don't uh, make sure that you excel in this grace of giving. He goes on in verse 8, I am not commanding you. And I love this statement because if giving were a commandment, it wouldn't be giving. It would be a duty. It would be, be part of the tithe. It would be part of that obligation. But giving comes out of a heart a heart expression, a love, a genuine, uh, I have this heart and I want to give and I just want to honor the Lord in my giving. And it's not a commandment. I love that Paul does that because if he would have made it a command, it would have been a religious activity. And we want to get away from the religious activities and make sure that everything that we're doing comes out of a relational experience with Jesus Christ. And because of our, the grace we've received from him, we're able to express it to others. And give of ourselves. And it's powerful. Verse 8, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He's comparing the Corinthian love with the Macedonian love. He says, for, the, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know what Jesus has done for us, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. In other words, Jesus came from heaven, rich, down to earth, poor, so that you and I could go to heaven. That's awesome. And, and it's not a commandment. It's an, ex, it's an expression of love, yes. And when we express that love, we are not doing it out of a commandment. We are doing it out of an expression of love, wanting people to take our excess or our extra or even uh, our sacrifice so that they can come out of that hole that they're in. And that's the, that's the purpose of giving is to help people get to a place where they're not they're no longer suffering they're no longer in that hole but we're helping them come out of that hole it's not a hand out it's a hand up 
And it's a, it's a powerful thing. And so for you know what God's done. You know what Jesus did. He, be, he was rich. He became poor so that you and I can have the riches of salvation. And it's the same grace that allows us to give to others out of the grace we've received. And then in verse 10, it goes on to say, and here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. So Paul is starting to say, okay, Corinthian church, here's your deal. Here's what you must do. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. You were the first one, Corinthian church, to say, I want to give. I want to be a part of that. Did you know there's a big difference between promise and performance? <laughs> Did you know there's a big difference between saying, I want to and doing it? Or I will do that? And so I've said it. I'm honestly, and, and this is like raw. I've said it to my wife a few times and said, I'll do this and not done it. Um, cleaning the bathroom might be one of them. I'm just saying. Okay? But, um, <clears throat> and not done it. And, and, and so good intentions don't get things done, nor do they help people. The bathroom, if I'm not cleaning it, I'm not helping my wife. I'm not making it better. I'm not, I'm not you know, and good intentions don't clean the bathroom. I, I willed it a couple times. I just said, oh, I hope it gets clean. Didn't clean itself. And so bad intention, good intentions Bad practice, promises are not performance. Performance is that I, let's get beyond our intentions and let's get to the real deal. And so <clears throat> Paul goes on to say, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion. He goes, let's get beyond the intention and let's complete this. Let's make a difference. All you churches come together and let's see what we can do, Corinthian church, to make a difference. He was raising help. The, Ju the Jewish church at this time was uh, impoverished and they needed help. And the Gentile church was the one that had it together. And so he was raising funds from the Gentile church to give to the Jewish church. And so he was saying, let's get together and do something. Let's not just talk about it. Let's make it happen. And so he, he says, now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Now, this is powerful. According to your means. He's talking to a church. I, uh, the, the Corinthian church had money. They weren't rich. And he makes a comparison that the Macedonian church, and wasn't, Macedonian church wasn't rich at all. They had nothing. And yet they, they scraped up. And together, collectively, they did something powerful. Church, I'm convinced today that $5,000 might be small in comparison to our capacity, our ability to exercise faith, to exercise an opportunity to help single parents just get some groceries in this time where money's tight and money may be non-existent. And I'm just asking you and praying with you, and, and, and I believe together as a church we can collectively do what the Corinthian church was doing, and that is raising some funds to help people in need he said <clears throat> he said uh according to your means that means that there are that we can come up with something we can come up with something and and here's what i believe as a pastor as a leader we'll never ask for equal giving because in this parking lot alone and online there is not an equal salary in in this place but there is an equal opportunity to sacrifice 
will ask will always ask all of us to sacrifice equally not give equally because not of us not all of us have the means to do that but we do have the opportunity to sacrifice equally whatever that is whatever god puts on your heart all we ask is that you hear god's voice and not be compulsive about your giving or not twisting arms we're not we're not the aspca with the dog commercials and these shaking little dogs and just shaking and going, oh, you need to give to a dog right now. And I have pity on those dogs. I really do. I feel bad for those ki little kittens and those dogs and all those. But this isn't that. That's compulsive giving. That's twisting your arm. No, God's got to put it in our hearts. And, and, and once it goes from our head to our heart, it has to go out to our hands. Otherwise, right here, if it gets stuck here, it's only a good intention. And God says, I'm glad that you care, but it's not enough to just feel it in your heart. There has to be an action. And that's what he measures is the action. That's what he measures is the action. It, can we do something? And it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that you have to equal everybody else's gift. It just means that we have to do what God puts on our heart to do. No longer, let's get beyond intentions and let's be great for God, amen? We're gonna be great if we can get beyond intentions and do what Jesus calls us to do. And I believe that with all my heart. This very, and so he says very clearly, now finish the work. Church, I believe today that we have been called, and for whatever reason, God put $5,000 on my mind and my heart, but I believe we've been called to uh, receive a $5,000 offering, a grace of giving offering, a grace of giving. I'm asking you to pray. That's why you have two envelopes today, one for your tithe and one for the, the, the journey cares for single parents offering. And we're just asking you to pray about it, write a check, put some cash in, whatever God puts on your heart. But don't let it be a well-intended thing. Let it be a, a very well-performed thing. We're not watching. We're not measuring. We're not the measure of what you're supposed to give. If it's a dollar, if it's $1,000, if it's $10,000, it'll all go towards single parents, and it'll all make a difference, and we're going to do our very best. My wife and I wrote our check, and we're going to give, and we just believe that God is going to use you to minister to single parents today. Why? Because now is the need. Now is the need. Now is the, uh, the heartbeat that we want to develop to reach these parents and tell them that we love them. Now, here's how this is going to work. Today, want, as you drive out, there's a basket. Now, if you don't leave anything in that basket, do not be shamed. Do not feel guilty. Do not only what God puts on your heart, just put it in that basket. Dawn's going to stand right there, and we're going to receive that offering. And it, it can be your tithe. It can be um, your, the, the offering for single parents. But we just want to pray and ask ask God to well up in us as a church, as Journey Church continues to launch itself into our future. May we be a generous church. Can you honk if you believe that? Yes, yes. And I'm praying today, this is not go fund me. This is God fund me. This is God fund ministry. This is God fund an opportunity to launch the gospel message into our community. And after this week, next week, we want you to come and the first 50 people that tell us, I have a single parent or I have two single parents, 
and we'll give you those cards. We're going to put them in an envelope with a little message from Journey Church. But you're going to go give those cards to those single parents and say, in the name of Jesus, we love you. We care about you. We want your kids to eat. And we want to bless you with uh, the heart of Jesus. Because I believe this is the way we are going to knock on the hearts of those in our community. We're going to find a need. We have a mission statement or vision statement that we've been developing as a leadership team. And we've been working through this, this, this series of, of questions. And one of the questions we have is, is a statement that says, I see a church. And I see a church. And then there's a statement after it. And we have about 10 or 12 of those statements. And this is one of them. I see a church who relentlessly finds and fills the needs of Ventura County unafraid to merge into the lives of those who think and live differently. A church who is full of grace and truth, one that is unwilling to soften the gospel truth, but maintains a tender heart for all people in all circumstances. That is the motivation to give today. That is the vision. That is the vision. Yes, to give and to knock on the hearts of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. So as you leave today, I encourage you to just drop it in. If you don't come prepared and you can give online, do that. You can bring it by. You can mail it in. Whatever the case may be, we just want you to pray and ask God to, to let you be an expression of his generosity today. And let's collectively together be generous because that's the kind of church we're going to be. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing right now. I thank you, Lord that you've given us a vision to meet the needs of our community and to knock on the doors of hearts by meeting needs in the lives of people. Lord, I thank you that this church is, is be beginning to build its, its new roots, its fresh roots into a, a place where we are a generous church, much like the Corinthian church and the Macedonian church. And I pray that you help us all to reach inside and just say, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. However you want me to give, I will give. Lord, out of my poverty, but most importantly, out of my joy of relationship with you, I will give to serve others. I will give to show them your love. I will give them, I will give to show that you love me, and as a result, I can love them. Lord, help us be that church that gives and gives generously and sacrificially. Lord, we pray for that $5,000 today that you will allow us the privilege of touching hearts and many hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you have yet to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hopefully the one thing you've heard today, if nothing else, is that Jesus loves you. He loved you so much that he gave his life on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven. He, three days later, he rose from the dead so that we could have eternal life and an eternal relationship with him. And if we commit to follow him for the rest of our lives, we will be saved, the Bible says. And if you're here today online or on site, I just want to invite you to pray this simple prayer to accept Jesus into your life. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I confess I'm a sinner and I've made mistakes and I need you to forgive me of those sins. Thank you for dying on a cross so that my sins could be forgiven and my heart restored and I can have life and life eternal because of your resurrection. I now put my hope in knowing that I will have an eternal forever relationship with you. 
And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.